Hey everyone, it's Megan. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. Uh, the podcast that still does not have a name because, like usual, I'm winging it. Um, but I'm so excited about this because I have a couple episodes recorded, but I finally talked my husband into recording with me. And it's going to be so incredible because we are going to talk about everything that has happened in our lives over the last 10 years and how we got to where we are now. And the reason that I'm so excited about it is because um, we've worked really hard to get to where we're at at this moment. And so if you look at us, um, we've gotten some kind of negativity. Most of it's been positive, but it's like one of those things where people are like, wow, they have everything. But we want to share with you everything that we have sacrificed to get to where we are now. And the reason that we're doing this together Um, one, my husband is an incredible teacher and I'm not just saying that because I'm his wife. Like he truly, truly is. Um, but we want to share the things that we did because I think sometimes people are embarrassed or ashamed to do the things that they need to do to get to where they need to be. And we did those things. And so we're going to, we're going to dive deep into our very first years of marriage from like the day that we said I do to where we are now. And um, we just have some incredible conversations and we're pretty funny because, well, I'm naturally sarcastic and he is pretty witty, but he's kind of a nerd. We are the exact opposite of each other. And so I hope that it's um, just a good time. So thank you for joining. Um, The first two episodes are going to be pretty intense. So I hope that you um, enjoy them and remember to subscribe to our podcast and hopefully We come up with a name. So if you guys have anything cool, let me know. Okay. So this is the episode we're going to talk about our first year of marriage, which was really crazy because we did a lot of things that I don't think married couples do at all, but we didn't really have a choice. But it set us up for not only everything that we have now, but our future completely different from the way that we grew up. Well, from how I grew up, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would say... <laughs> Dirt we, poor. <laughs> yeah, we both grew up, I mean, you know, we we both grew up, I guess, in agricultural households, you could say, you know, blue-collar environments. My, you know, yeah. I guess my growing up was, was awesome. I, yeah, you know, no, I don't have any templates. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think us boys wouldn't have probably... You know, I, I've got four brothers, so there's five boys in our household, my mom and dad, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we had one place we lived in. It was by far the favorite place we we grew up in was a one-bedroom house down on a creek yeah. in Roberts, Montana. And uh, there was a little chicken shed out back. The, we didn't have enough room. I mean, we're talking 800-square-foot house probably. And uh, for, for seven people living, it's too much. We had a set of bunk beds in the living room. My parents had the bedroom. And uh, we remodeled a little chicken house and put a set of bunk beds out there for being seth and cody to live in but that place was i mean it was it was a boy's dream i mean we had the creek right there and the bluffs and we had horses and we'd go fishing and there was a deer migration trail right there and moose and i mean it was it was perfect for us my mom hated it i I can't even imagine but but i think both of our parents like we said before it doesn't matter which house we lived in they always made it Made it home. Home. You know, they yeah, they I mean, both had a way I mean, of doing we, that. we lived in both. I mean, you know, that was probably, you know, one of the least expenses or glorious places you could think to live in. We absolutely loved it. But then Best we also memories. got to see the other side, too. You know, I know my dad worked for a ranch manager for 
super big oil guy and yeah. we lived in one of the nicest houses we ever lived in too. A couple of years later, a senior in high school had a swimming pool in it, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but most of, most of our life, I mean, you know, me growing up, I, I think at one point in time, I remember counting from the time I was born to when I graduated high school, I think I lived in almost 30 different houses, oh, wow. you know, just because dad, dad cowboyed and, you know, I mean, work somewhere for the summer and you go somewhere yeah. else for the fall when the work run out and you go somewhere else for winter work and i mean we just kind of roamed around until he started shooting horses and then we at least stayed in carbon county montana for most of that but still bounced around the county a little bit and then ended up in idaho but that was kind of kind of the way we grew up you know i mean dad busted his ass made sure we had everything we needed but you know i mean shooting horses yeah. there was a lot of expenses with that and we made do with what we had you know Especially with five boys, it's a lot, a lot of wranglers. Oh my gosh! I know. I, but thank goodness because your mom passes those down to us, and I really, really appreciate for it. For sure, <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know if they just quit making wranglers as good as what, but Monty can wear the knees out of a pair of wranglers real fast. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I love that. So we lived in, yeah. I guess picking up right where we, December nineteenth. Then we had our wedding, and you started school in. Yeah. January and we did I think what most people do that nowadays um cuz you were going to go to vet school or med school you hadn't decided but you needed a couple credits. Nope. Um like I said before nobody warned us that saying I do didn't pay the bills. So <laughs> it's like day 1. It's like oh shit what do we do? Yeah. And it got real scary real fast right. because like I didn't have like I didn't have any parents I could turn to for help. So we were like kinda on our own. You know, we had to figure it out. I wasn't making hardly any money. You were in school. We rented this house and we talked her into what did you say, we didn't have the deposit? Yeah, so I think I th- we didn't have the deposit. I told her that I was getting ready to go to school. I was taking out student loans to pay for it and I remember saying you know i had enough money to pay the first month's rent and i think she wanted first last and deposit to even move in and i told her i said you know i've I've got student loan coming school starts 10th i should have that before school starts you know if you'll let us move in on first month's rent then i'll get you you know last month and deposit you know as soon as that comes in and She's like, okay, well, on the 11th, you better have it. Yeah. And I remember... I think like, she sounded just like yeah, that, Yeah, I know. She, she was kind of snarky old lady, but she let us in. So, I mean, yeah. that, that was step one. But uh, I remember, I mean, you know, this was definitely a pivotal time for us, for sure. Um, I remember the student loan stuff didn't come through as fast as we thought it yeah. would because I was coming from, you know, I was technically still not a resident. I was going to school in Utah. So there's this whole out-of-state thing going on. And and either way, it was delayed. And I remember, like, this lady was really getting on us hard because, you know, the 11th had come, you know, and it was, like, a week after, and I still hadn't had it paid. And I kept telling her, like, it should come any minute. And uh, I remember, Everything like, was piling up. It was coming fast. Like, we had all these bills due. Yeah. Like, rent was coming, all this. And this lady was finally getting the point of... You guys, like, she was getting ready to evict us if we didn't come up with something. And, and rightfully so. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we made a deal that student loan was supposed to deposit on 11th. We were going to use that money to pay it, and we'd be good. And uh, I remember, 
you know, this, this was this was the most humbling thing probably. I remember I, I had to call my little brother Zane, who was a freshman in high school, and and borrow borrow the the rent money to cover you know so that my wife and I, my new my new bride and I, didn't get evicted from our house, and uh, you know first like first months out of, right. out of the gate For, like. first month married. Here we are. I've I've got to call. A high schooler to help me who's a you know 27 year old 26 year old whatever yeah college grad who can't even pay rent you know yeah. so you know I, I was a I was a big deep breath and uh I said man whatever whatever I did in life to end up where I am right now I, I really screwed up yeah this, this is stupid and that this was is... like our first so we didn't we've been married a month we didn't really we had all these bills piling. I mean, we had everything. We had the student loans, cars, credit cards, medical bills, phone bills, like all our utilities, like right. everything. We had like $2,500 a month just in debt. Yes, just in debt. Not, Not to mention like rent, utilities, living, else. life. Yeah. You know, things and you always dream of doing as soon as you get married. We didn't <laughs> even do, you know, we did skimped on a wedding and yeah. honeymoon wasn't even an option. Didn't have that option. And so we didn't get into a fight. And I don't know what that instinct was that we had, but there was so much tension and so much stress. And like you said, isolation, we just separated ourselves and we didn't talk to each other for a couple days. I yeah. specifically remember it was a couple days right. because I didn't know what to do. Like, I mean, there was I, nothing to even say. That, yeah. I mean, there, and it was I mean, like, I don't have any solutions right now. Right. I mean, it was, I mean, there was nothing. Yeah. There was just. There was no options, no solutions, no nothing other than yeah. I've got to borrow the money from my little brother to yeah. keep us from getting evicted. Oh, you know, God. so luckily, you know, I remember having to go down to like Wells Fargo Bank and Zane wired it right to me as a cashier's check and I was able to like cash <laughs> I didn't it and even not know get how evicted, to do that. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like Zane runs a Walmart and Laramie, like run me run me money to Utah, you know, it's ridiculous that I even had to do this. And, and it was like in that moment that we decided oh, yeah. was, something had to something change had to change right then. Drastically. And that I think that moment alone set the whole dynamic and trajectory of our entire right. marriage. Because it, it I don't know, we did things completely different. Well I think we were both extremely scared. Oh yeah. Uh, we yeah. we knew that like all of a sudden it was like life is real. And we had to make some huge strides. Yeah. Know? I mean, something. Something had changed. Because what we were doing, where we were at, was we were not going to be able to continue no. like this. Like, you know, we, I, as a couple, right. would, I mean, like, right. I couldn't even imagine right. being in that situation for the rest of our lives. Right. So, I knew, I already had the semester paid for, well, borrowed. And I was enrolled, so I was like, all right, we're here at least until May. I'm going to finish this semester, take these classes, you know. And and I was trying to figure out, I was like, man, if I could just get through vet school, like, then I could come out, I'd have, like, good salary, all that. And I was like, back of my mind, I'm like, I, I, there's no way I could, you know, we're talking $150,000 in debt and student loans just to get through vet school. Yeah. I, I don't even see how it's even an option right now. I've already got 60000 in undergrad student loans. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine coming out of school two hundred k in debt. Yeah. Like, you know, these numbers just were not adding up. And I was starting to think, I was like, this whole time, like, I was on this 
this path to like go to vet school and come out and be a vet and make this great money. It's like, you know, even good money at the time, I was like 70, 70 grand a year starting as a vet is not going to pay like yeah. what I'm about to take out. It's, it's not worth it. Like this, this doesn't even feel right, even if that's my plan. So if this is right, I don't even know what to do, but you know, and I, and I always felt wrong about like, borrowing money going into debt i know i had some family members and stuff that always told me like you know they're very old school cowboy ranch people that were like stay away from borrow money and all that (laughs) and i was you know i was really looked up to that and it was always in the back of my mind i even remember when i was at simplot i was pretty pretty frugal with my money and trying to pay everything off and uh you know, so the, the, at this moment, though, then it was like, there's there's no more screwing around. I, I was yeah. ready. To, I was at my breaking point. I was willing to do whatever. And uh, I was going to school. I had to take a physics class. I remember it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 o'clock. And I always left the house at like noon or whatever, drove up to campus and go hang out for a little bit before class. And, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget... <laughs> The very first time driving up there, I heard. <laughs> so funny thinking about all this, but this, <laughs> this talk show on the radio, which I would never listen to because I hate <laughs> talk show and I hate politics and all that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so into music and all that, but for whatever reason, it just like totally yeah. captured me. <laughs> so, and uh, he was just sitting there like chewing this guy's ass over. <laughs> Over, like, the stupid shit he's done as far as, like, you know, the bills and the debt and all this. And, and he just went on this, like, total rant, you know, about what he should do, you know. And I was like, damn, that's me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, and, like, it's crazy looking back. It's like, man, that that one moment, like, you know, I mean, it, it only took me everything. three minutes to drive to school and, Two minutes of a Dave Ramsey rant, <laughs> you know. And I remember like pulling into where I park, and I sat and I listened to the rest of that episode. Did you go to class? <laughs> oh yeah, oh. I went to class. But I, I always went early, you know. I'm yeah. Punctual like that. I got to be half hour early everywhere I go. I and uh, well, it used to be anyways. Me? You know. But uh, I remember sitting and listening to it, and. Uh, <clears throat> At the end, then, you know, I, I think what really caught me is at the end, they were playing like the Pink Floyd <laughs> money song. And then, like, the fact that it was music, it just like related to me so much, yeah. you know? And then it's just one of them deals that, like, every single day I was driving up there, you know, I'd listen to, listen to a few minutes a day here and there. And, and, uh, I was like, man, this is, this is where we are, you know? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is what I need. It was, it was so scary and that you know and it was i mean the fact so that the, the the fear was so much you know and and the you know nowadays like somebody will ask me about it or you know they'll be like oh you know i i got this credit card this guy you know i got i get all these sky miles and i i go to hawaii once a year for free you know and for me it's like that's great it almost ruined my life you know, I yeah. I almost I almost lost my bride and you know, the things I was thinking about at that point in time, I was at the lowest point in my life. You can't even imagine yeah. where I was at that point. So when you even try and talk to me about 
how awesome that is. It comes to a whole different point yeah. of where I was. When when I hear debt or credit card points or things like that, I think of things like suicide and divorce and bankruptcy. Yeah. So it is very emotional to me and puts yeah. me in a bad place. You know, so I get real passionate and real fired up because I don't want anybody to ever end up where I was that day that I had to call my little brother to bail my ass out of financial trouble because of a bunch of stupid credit cards and auto loans and student loans. There's no reason anybody should have to go down that road. Yeah. You know, and 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 I have no idea where we would have ended up or how it would have worked had I not run into yeah. that episode that day driving to school. But it I mean it completely hooked us. Yeah. We Hook, got line, serious and, and I so remember, fast. like, I was immediate. Like, it didn't take more than, I mean, literally that moment, three minutes of that episode, yeah. I knew that was exactly what we needed and exactly how we were going to make it out. Yeah. You know, because we didn't have any other options. It was so damn scary. Like, it was that scary. You know, so I, you know, then, then I, uh, typical Dave Ramsey thing, you know, I'm, I'm completely hooked. I'm like, this is it. I figured it out. Now I got to try and figure out to explain like those three emotional <laughs> minutes that changed my life. I've got to try and like recreate that moment to explain to my wife that this is what we're doing. Well, and we're and very, uh, the difference, you're very um, OCD numbers, details, and right. I am the free spirit. Through and through. For sure. Like, but I don't remember, I remember this emotion and how, because I know how scary it was. We were in this together and I didn't even know if we were going to be married by the end of the year, you know? Right. And uh, I knew how my parents had lived. It was paycheck to paycheck and always struggling. And I think that week that we didn't talk to each other, those couple days, uh, I don't know. I think that was enough fear in me to be like, yeah, what, like whatever you say, I trust you to get us out of this. Right. And so the only thing that you lost me on was the Excel spreadsheet. Right. <laughs> but we did. We got on a budget and we cut everything. Right. Like absolutely everything. I remember you would get the, the, um, What's so we made our budget. You would go and get the ads and, we would only buy what was on sale. We would buy from the discount meat section, and we'd come home and package it. We had our little envelopes. Right. You made me save every single receipt, which I was just telling you, I found some yeah. of those envelopes that we hadn't unpacked. And we got serious. Like, it was it that, was crazy. We started was, selling things. I mean, we, we only lived in Logan for six months. You know, I started oh, school right, there yeah. in January, and we were gone by May. But, I mean... You know, so it was probably it was probably February when I heard that episode on the radio because I I know we did a couple months worth of budgeting yeah. before we moved, and I mean you know when I started school the plan was to finish the credits and start vet school that fall. By the end of February, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I told Megan I was like, "This ain't happening," and I don't I don't know what you expected, but whatever you expected probably isn't happening, and I. I know there's a boom going on in North Dakota and the oil fields and we might end up there before it's yeah. over because at this rate, I don't care. Whatever we're we're going to go fix this mess and then we can come back and finish. But but we've got to go fix this before before we go any farther. Yeah. So, so we, we pretty much immediately made a plan that we were going to yeah. finish the semester out and then we were going to go work as hard as we could 
we were going to work this crazy plan, paying this debt off and, and go as hard and as fast as we could. You know, and I, I remember like, I remember my dad had recently went to work for Sanjo, working in cement in the oil fields. And I had an uncle that was working in North Dakota, just like doing heavy construction, building pads. And, you know, both of them were, were making the best money they ever yeah. made in their life because they were all just cowboys before that, you know, used to used to working for, you know, 1200 a month room and board type thing. And now all of a sudden for the first time in their life, they're, you know, $70,000, $80,000 a year, which is completely unheard of for, for you know, our, our yeah. generation of people, you know. And, I didn't uh, even know North Dakota was a thing. Like, I didn't even know Williston or the oil people. I had, I lived such a sheltered life. All I knew right. was cows. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and I didn't even know either. I had I no mean, idea that was even going I, on. It's amazing how ignorant I was just the whole oil and gas industry. I mean, it was just like, oh, there's a drilling rig. They punch a hole and yeah, the oil comes like, out. Yeah. Like, you know, and then they're talking, you know, that's telling me all about like cement and acidizing yeah. coil and frack and I had no idea what any of that was or that that was even a thing in the oil field. You know, it's like, where's that on the drilling rig? Right. You know? So, and it, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I had worked construction a lot before, so I, that's what I was familiar with. So I talked to my uncle and was like, yeah. if you can get me up there running dozer or loader or something like that, I, I'll work 20 hours a day at this point. I don't care. I, yeah. I need to get as many hours as I can to pay all this off, you know? And, and uh, I, I know dad told me, he's like, you know, you have the degree and everything a lot of background in the sciences he says you know they they've got labs that test all this stuff before yeah. it goes out and i remember thinking well i mean that that totally works if Sounds i could go cool. to the oil field and it's lab like i you know just finished ochem i love yeah. chemistry like you know that's perfect so i remember actually uh you know and i was still two months even from finishing school or whatever i remember saying all right well I'm, this is it we're we're, we're moving to north dakota babe like <laughs> Yeah, you know. and I was like, okay, I <laughs> you know, guess we ho are. Hope you like North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, and uh, God, you know. people thought we were crazy because oh, absolutely we were one. We were like doing this Dave Ramsey thing, and we were pretty new to it. We were just we selling everything, um, doing the budget, and then we decided we were going to move to North Dakota. And when people found that out, they started telling us all the horror stories because apparently right. everyone else knew about it. Right. Except for us. Yeah, and I was like, boom town. It's dangerous. People die all the time. Like, there's people getting kidnapped, like, raped, and whatever. We're going. Right. It was like, well, and we did. It's probably better than where we're at right now because yeah. life sucks right now. So. It, yeah. So we, so you had called Sangel. Well, I put, yeah, put my for. application in and everything like a million times. Big corporate website. You put your application <laughs> in. No word. I put it in again. You call the winning order number that just defaults like, I don't know, Because they were Canadian, yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah, we see your stuff in the system, but, you know, nothing ever came of it. So finally, like, somebody finally got me a number that said, oh, no, the, the, the lab person actually lives in Mile City, Montana. That, that's where they're based out of. And I was like, oh, I, I know Mile City. Like, yeah. That's that's home for me. We lived there. My little brother was born in Mile City. Like I, right. I can actually relate to that, you know. And, and uh, so finally, somebody got me a number there, and I actually got a hold. of Molly was the one that was actually there, and and uh, you know, she's like, "Oh no, I, I haven't seen any of your stuff." And I'm like, "I've I've submitted my resume like ten times. Surely, surely you've seen <laughs> my resume." Like she's like, "No, I, I haven't seen it." And so I I forwarded one direct to her, and then. 
She's like, okay, well, we're getting ready to hire a bunch of new people. We're expanding. We're getting ready to go to San Antonio and open a camp down there. And I was like, oh, I, I would give anything to go to Texas. Like, I'm tired of cold weather. <laughs> like, for the first time in my life, I decided cold weather's stupid. I'm all about exploring, going new places. I was like, sign me up for San Antonio. Like, I would love this. This is, this is perfect, you know. Go to the oil field, San Antonio. I mean, this is just panning out to be, you know, the dream here, you know. And, and then... Didn't hear anything, of course, you know, and I'm like, uh-uh, not, not <laughs> happening. Squeaky wheel gets greased. I'm, th this is my only way out. You were so persistent. I have persistent. no options. So persistent. This is happening. I, I, I will not home, let this die. You came home at your lunch break, and I came home on my lunch break, and you would call them. Yeah. Every exactly. day for yeah. it was like until they answered. Yeah. And I was, we were, I, I've always done leather work, and in the background, you know, I mean, that was that was what I was doing while I was going to school to try and, like, provide some income was just do as much leather work. And so I was making everything I could because my city Buckinghorse sale was coming up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go up there. I'll have a booth at the Buckinghorse sale. Yeah. And I've got all this inventory I can sell, and that will be just enough cash to get us out of here in May wherever we go. Uh, I don't know where we're going, but I'm going to go sell everything we own that I can peddle at the Buckinghorse sale. And I actually had some really good stuff sold it, but on the way up there, I actually remember I called Molly and I was like, "Hey, I'm actually going to be in Marseille this week in the Buckingham sale. I got a booth. I could stop by for an interview if it worked for you." And literally pushed myself in to where she's like, "Okay, I, I suppose we could do Monday after Buckingham sale. We'll do an interview." And and I remember like we were so broke, still so broke. <laughs> so I mean, even when we were living in Logan, like we always made sure we did a date night and. We would go out to eat dinner, which consisted of us sharing a hot dog at Costco because <laughs> it was a dollar fifty for a hot dog and a drink, and that's all we could afford because we were so stupid broke. And uh, but we loved each other. Uh, right? Yeah, we had love. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we had that because that's all we had. <laughs> love don't pay the bills. <laughs> so I remember we were. I go to Mile City and I've got I don't even have enough money to pay a hotel. I remember we drove the I drove the Malibu up there because I got good gas mileage and I slept <laughs> in the car. And I went up there on like a Friday because I had the I might even went up on a Thursday because I think I set up Friday, Saturday, Sunday doing the vendor. Slept in the car all three days. I had an interview Monday morning. Slept in the car that night. I drove to the truck stop. Took a shower at the truck stop and then I actually had to go to Walmart to buy like decent presentable professional clothes like you can get at walmart right before an interview so i went and buy like cheap pair of 15 dollar quote dress shoes and a pair of slacks that still had creases in them from being folded on the shelf and change into those at the truck stop and go do my interview and i mean molly was she was a lifesaver i mean dave ramsey was the first person that you know yeah guided us molly molly was definitely number two probably you know. Yeah, she was so sweet. If we hadn't she, got that position and she hadn't worked with me so well to guide me and mentor me, you know, in yeah. the beginning of that, you know, that that was the second big step for us where we ended, you know, and she, she, I explained the situation that I was just coming out of school, we didn't have a lot of cash, I obviously, you know, it'd be really tough for us to even have a place up here, and she's like, no problem, like, you're planning on going to San Antonio, so I can bring you <laughs> in here as, you know, we'll, we'll pay your you know, for you to stay and train and all that. So, oh remember, yeah, you know, so I forgot. So she brought me on and all that, and I remember we finished up 
we finished up school and went back and packed up everything we owned, which wasn't a whole lot, but we moved it into a little storage unit. Because <laughs> it was easier to move, cheaper to move it right. into a storage unit than move it from Utah to right. North Dakota. There's no way I could afford a U-Haul <laughs> to take to North Dakota. That was just wasn't even stuff. an option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if it didn't fit in the back of a, of a 2002 Dodge pickup, it wasn't going with us. God, so, or 2003 yeah. Dodge pickup. But So we... So yeah, yeah, we, we literally to... took a couple suitcases. Like we each had a Nothing. suitcase, and I mean it was end of the semester. We had spent everything we had to live on, and I, I think I don't know, even know how we rolled into North Dakota. We literally had just enough. I think we had twenty dollars in our bank account left when we rolled into North Dakota, or well, to Mile City because we were City, trading yeah. in Mile City. And Molly put us up the best Western room two hundred one, and we lived there and trained and five months. Five months. We were supposed five to months. we were supposed to be there for two or three months to train, and then I had my list to go to San Antonio. They kept delaying San Antonio, and then they actually decided that they were going to go ahead and open the office in Williston instead. Yeah. All the San Antonio people had zero interest in going to Williston. Nobody volunteered for it. And I was just like, I was I was willing to do anything and everything as long as you paid me some money to do it. I, I was first on the list. And I said, you know what? That's not the position I want, but I'll 100% volunteer. You know, just keep yeah. me in mind down the road. If something in San Antonio comes up, just remember that I volunteered for the one that nobody wanted. Yeah. So I finished training. We... You know, we had we had a good time in Mile City. Oh yeah, some of the best. Like, it sounds when people hear we lived five months in a hotel, it wasn't a sad thing. That was amazing. I mean, we took advantage of. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. When we first moved in, we literally did not have enough money to even eat. I remember, thank goodness, the hotel had continental breakfast, so we would always eat yeah. big breakfast. That was our main meal of the day because it was free and there was more options. Yeah. And Ken, the owned Ken the hotel, or managed it. Yeah, they were great friends of ours over time. But yeah. he always used to put a pot of stew on in the evenings because there was a lot of oil field workers that would come in and check in working night shifts. So we always had something on. So I'd always eat whatever yeah. soup he had on at night, you know. And then I remember it was like, you know, it was like, three or four weeks before I got the first paycheck because of course it's always like two weeks delayed by the yeah. time you get your first paycheck and so for four weeks it was like continental breakfast and soup is all we ate yeah you know because all we could afford and then finally that first paycheck came and it had the <gasps> the moving allowance on it and it was such a way of relief to have like a real paycheck our head above you know, water for a minute water. you know and, like I mean, just to breathe that all that hard work and the sacrificing that we were doing those first couple of months that actually felt like it was going to pay off. Yeah. And, you know. and from then, like we started our e-fund and we never like to this never day, I never away. let that well, go down. The first because, thing we did was put a thousand dollars aside, you know, and put that in a savings yeah. account. And it's never that account has never dropped below that it, ever since. It then. hasn't because we did no. not want to go back to that we, feeling again. And we were on a mission, road. like yeah. we were on a mission. We d we were consistent with things, like um, even though we were on a budget and we were living in a hotel, uh, we still had date night. We did that once a month because that's all we it's could. Oh, it's all we budgeted for. Yeah. But we were also living in a hotel, so we seen each other like all the time, which wasn't bad. We played cards a lot. We played, played we, rummy. We had a ongoing game of rummy. Yeah. Every night we'd come home and just play rummy. Yeah. You know? I mean that was. 
And then uh, we'd watch King of Queens. There was a lot, a lot of, of King like Queens. Lady yeah, Gaga, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> it was that era, yeah. <laughs> and then watch even Megan, like I mean, just to pitch in, like I remember you started taking the morning shift at the hotel. Yeah, you just worked there because you were there anyway. Well, I was downstairs eating. Them. Oh, Ken and Penny are some of my most favorite favorite people. They took us in. And I loved them so, so much. It was, and I think that's probably why I loved Mile City so much because they were incredible. They were just like, for me, they were parents. And I was downstairs eating breakfast or reading a book or something, and they had this employee that was just awful. And I would sit there, and she just quit on the spot, like just, and it was over something so silly. And Ken looks at me, he's like, you want a job? And I was like, sure, I have nothing to do during the day. So I would... I worked the front desk, and I loved it. I loved seeing all those people. I loved getting to talk to Ken and Penny. Ken's the only person I know that could have a conversation with a telemarketer that called him on the phone. Seriously. <laughs> and like, you know, make them hang up. And it was just, I don't know. I think that really helped our marriage. We had nothing else to do. Like We had nothing to hold on except each other. Yeah, that really. Was it. Living in a confined space and working out these big life things that I think people ignore most of the time. We dropped everything we knew and every bit of security and packed up and moved to a, you know, somewhat unfamiliar place with an absolute crazy, you know, life perspective that we were just moving the oil filling and going to make it happen. You know, it was our only option. And we, I was still kind of sick during that time too. I forgot about that. Because you were still trying to figure out the whole medication and all that. And you're on that. Yeah. Bromocryptine and all that for the, to help. Doing all that stuff. So we lived there for five months and then we finally got to move to Williston, which if you know anything about any oil field town, the first thing they tell you is that housing is ridiculous, and it is, and especially oh, in that especially time. Especially in the boom right there. So this would have been so spring of eleven. I started San Joe May, May of eleven. Like people living and, in tents, they couldn't because right. housing was so. So not it was, it was it October because we moved yeah. up there, and I remember we moved into our house on on October 31st. It was Halloween yeah. when we moved in. And <laughs> we moved I remember on Halloween what, I, so often. I know, it's happened twice <laughs> now. But I, I remember moving up there because I had a horrible toothache. And oh, I forgot about that. I remember like driving up through like Sydney in a U-Haul. Because we actually... Went back to get our stuff. We actually went back to Utah because everything was still in Utah. So we actually, for the first time, had enough money after being in... In Miles City for six months and not spending a dime on anything other than just oh stacking gosh, cash and paying off debt. Yeah. We actually were able to cash flow two flights out of Billings on Frontier back to back to Salt Lake. We had our cousin pick us up, or my cousin pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not related. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy Sue. <laughs> but no, we, we flew back, she picked us up and uh, dropped us off at the U-Haul dealership. And then we drove to yeah. Logan, picked up our stuff. Yeah. We decided to call it a vacation, drove the U-Haul right through Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, through Yellowstone. Yeah. I forgot about that. The stayed first time I've been Cook there. Stayed the night in Cook City. And, uh, I stayed up all night trying to see a bear. Trying to see a bear. Didn't see a bear. And then uh, drove drove all the way to North Dakota, stopped Miles City, grabbed a few little things in the pickup. Yeah. And then drove up to up to Williston. And, and yeah, Williston was was absolute chaos at that time. I remember there were people on Craigslist 
selling yard space for $40 yeah. a night for people to put up tents because like Walmart was starting to kick people out of the parking lots because there were so many people just yeah. setting up camp. And like it looked like a homeless shelter in a Walmart parking lot. But these people, people were making like, bank. Yeah, I mean, they were bank, but they had nowhere to stay. There was exactly. no infrastructure. And so we almost did not get a house. And one came up the last minute. Right. I don't they know what somebody happened. Quit. Somebody quit. E-Tech quit because they were like, no, we don't have any family housing available. And they're like, you can't have your family in the main camp, so yeah. you have to find your own housing. And I was like, we are not okay, we'll go to Sydney. And she's like, yeah, good luck finding a place in Sydney. That's an hour and a half away, and it's still, yeah. it's impossible to even find housing down there for less than three grand a month. And good thing that didn't no. happen, because with your work schedule, there's right. no way that could so happen. So luckily, like, everything happened just right. And the lab manager at the time, Nick, he, he really pushed for us because you know, he knew our situation and everything. And he, I, if it wasn't for him, we would have probably had housing up there. Cause he just happened to be there and, and yeah. went and made it happen for us basically. Um, and, uh, finally we got our, you know, Sanjo family housing, which was a single white trailer house. It was a three bed, two bath and a trailer park for 1500 a month, which was just absolutely served to us. As but time. cheap compared to, compared to everything else. For us to just go find even a room somewhere was, outrageous. was more yeah. than that. You know, so we were like, we can't really like that's that's ridiculous. We, we have can't goals. even afford that. We yeah. have goals or things. We're like, a mission. That's kind of defeating the point of us moving the oil field. So, so all right, well, we need. We find some roommates. We're 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 all in on this. We have a goal. We're getting out of this, you know. So, so we did what any rational newlywed couple would do, and we. Well, I didn't. You went to Craigslist. I went to Craigslist. Put up a post that said, uh, "Roommates needed." <laughs> roommates needed. Three bed, two bath, trailer house. You know, five hundred a month a room, basically, and uh, we got bites immediately. Yeah. I mean, people just. You know, so I didn't basically, even know. We only met with one. We only met one. Basically, the first one. I don't know if it was the first one or the like non-creepiest one. I don't remember. Yeah, what I don't it was. even know how we picked because we had so many come in. But we picked one, basically, and said, all right, meet us at the, <laughs> the only Applebee's. place in town to eat. And that was the Applebee's. At the time, yeah. And uh, we went to Applebee's. And he actually ended up being from Montana. So that was like already like instant rapport. Like yeah. people from Montana. Like, I don't know. You guys know, but if you're from Montana and you meet anybody else from Montana, you're guaranteed you know somebody else in common. That, that's just the way it is. Montana is just that small. I know Wyoming even has less people, but for whatever reason, Montana socialize <laughs> more, and we just all know each other. So there was a ton of rapport right there. Actually, no, he wasn't from Montana. He was from Idaho, northern oh. Idaho, but just right was on the Montana line. Was the other kid from Montana? Mm, Might have been, but we had we had a lot of. But a lot, he ended of, up, lot of common ground. He ended up being, like, the most amazing, godly man. Yeah, he was great. Just, and I cannot imagine our life without Scott now. And he was just, like, a part of the family. We had right. dinner together. And then, so we were like, yeah, I think this will work out. And then he's like, great. Yeah, no, he had that kid. Well, yeah, because he was he, working for the hotshot company at yeah. the time. I can't remember. It was like petroleum services or something at Williston. And he was just driving hotshot flatbed for him. And we're like, yeah, we need another roommate. We don't know anybody else up here. So you seem like you're not going to kill us. So if you know somebody else that won't kill us either. <laughs> Let's do this. You know, yeah, we'll take your recommendation before we just go get somebody else blind off Craigslist again. Yeah, he had like some young kid that... 
you know, super nice. Lived super with nice. Us for a while Lived with us for a while, and then he went to work for a drone rig or something and moved on because he was living on site. And then Scott you know. goes, "I have somebody else that right. could fill a spot." And like, okay, he well, ha- perfect. He has a record, not the cleanest. He didn't tell record. us that. Oh. <laughs> No, he's just like I got this. I got this other guy that can move in, and we're like perfect. And he moved in, and he was kind of quiet and super quiet. Yeah, like really hardly buff ever seen and like oh, yeah. very strong and kind of gruff and nice, but just very gruff. And then we figured out that he had like if you were to look at his resume, it definitely would be frightening. But you know what? And uh, never once. He, he's like they're like family now. Oh, 100%. I adore him and his wife. He like he moved his wife up there. Right. And and, and we went time, to church actually, because together. Yeah. Scott ended up leaving and going home, and I remember John was the guy that moved in and uh like you know, he was going through some real tough personal things and all that and he was trying to save his marriage and he was like, you know, I I've, I've got to move my family up here and we said, yeah. Okay, move him in. Do so it. him, his wife, the whole family they all moved in for I, I don't know, it seemed like a couple months maybe, yeah. sixty days or something, it until was. they were able to find their own place. But Yeah, and they still live out there. But I, I cannot imagine our time in Williston without them. Such right. incredible but we spent people. Two and a half years yeah. in that house with roommates the whole time. And our, we had our a first baby. Three years of marriage <laughs> and we had our first baby in Wilson Monte while we had like roommates, had roommates you know so. so i mean we you talk about like one little room. sacrificing and like going for this like we, we were we were 100% bought in we were never going back to that moment logan mm-hmm. and and we were we were going to we were going to sacrifice as deep as we absolutely had to and to get out as quick as we could and we run as hard and as fast away from that scenario yeah. as we could. We weren't just going to mosey out of <laughs> no. death. We were getting the hell out and we were never going back. Yeah. And we were we going to make sure necessary. that our family, you know, Monty and Mac will never know that feeling. We, we will well, sure. now they... <laughs> well, other than they think we're poor now, but that's besides the point. <laughs> just because we tell them that. Right. Because we don't want them knowing that... Not, maybe not knowing, but we just want them to appreciate right. everything. I mean, but yeah, We are we the had... way we are because of the way we grew up, so we don't want to like... Spoil them. Right. They, I mean, to some extent, you know... But my yeah. buddy Travis always says that. Anytime they go anywhere, like, we're poor, we can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> Same mentality. Oh, as far as they know, we're barely making a buy. But but yeah, we had Monty and we had these amazing roommates that I, yeah, like I said, I couldn't imagine doing our life in Williston without them. And it was, we did, we still stuck to our crazy budget and we did our, um, our grocery list and discount stuff oh, yeah. and our date night <clears throat> once a month at Applebee's yep. where we would spend, it was like $50 that we would budget. So we would typically... Split a meal, and then maybe see a movie if we could. Share the meal and two movie tickets. Usually, if we went to dinner, that means we didn't get popcorn at the movie (laughs) theater. We just got tickets. We just got tickets. So we'd load up at Applebee's on the chips and salsa. Oh, yeah, I love that. Share one of their little boot leather steaks and (laughs) and then go to the movie and come home and eat popcorn at the house. Such an amazing time. I think that even though it was really scary and it was really hard. uh, Well... It was like the first time that we actually s- felt like we were going to make it, I think. Yeah. Like, even though we were 
busting our ass to make it happen. Yeah. You know, because when I first started, I was working in the lab up there, and uh, there was only two of us. They, they didn't want to hire any more lab techs, and probably because we were willing to do it all. You know, I mean, I think they even said that we needed more, and we were like, you know, Nick, Nick was willing to work his butt off, and, and he was taking control, trying to prove everything he was doing, and and I needed, I, I told him, I said, I need as absolute much money as I can possibly make in the shortest amount of time, so I'll take every hour I can get, you know, and, and we had, we were, we were doing cement testing, and we had to test every load that went out of that facility, and I took, I took full responsibility over the cement, said, hey, I don't care if it's two in the morning, I'll be there. That's true. And, uh. I mean, I, I had to be there for my day shift, no matter what, eight to five, Monday through Friday, I had to be present. And then I took all on call work. So yeah. uh, for cement, there were so, days that like you went days without I mean, there sleeping. was a lot of times that like cement would roll all night long. So I'd work my, my day shift, cement would roll all night long. I would go home at 5 a.m., grab breakfast, eat, pack lunch and go right back to work, work my day shift and then come home and crash until 10 o'clock at night and then i get a phone call for you know yeah load of cement going out scott called me and said hey man we got a load test and <laughs> i'd run down there and test it for him that was you our know. life and i i didn't work in the lab in wilson long it was only probably a year and then uh i remember i we had so much with with frack and the oil field and all that they we had to do all this fluid testing and i, I was in the lab and you know they had a lot of people in the field that didn't know really the chemistry and the fluid system. It was so important, especially at that time, that uh, I just started volunteering, going to the field and just teaching QCs basically how to yeah how to do fluid testing every every chance I could. And I remember I actually stopped by the coordinator's office one day and they, they asked if they were giving me a hard time. They said, you should just come to FRAC. I said, I don't have CDL. And I remember JC threw me an application and said, if, if you'll come to FRAC, I'll pay for your CDL. And... Uh, it was right about that exact time. Um, I remember Molly called me and said, hey, that spot you really wanted in San Antonio and the lab just opened up. If you wanted, it's all yours. And I said, oh, isn't that interesting? I actually just got an offer to go to Frack and Williston. I said, I'm going to have to think about this one. And, uh, you know, I mean, the lab didn't didn't pay all that much, but, I mean, it was I was I absolutely so appreciative to have that yeah. job and everything because it, it saved my life and marriage and everything. I mean, yeah. you know, so I can't even imagine where I'd be without it, you know. And uh, part of me, again, back to the whole, like, I wanted to just please Molly, you know, and just take the San Antonio thing because I felt I owed it to her because she worked so hard to get it for yeah. me, you know. And, and and we talked it over and, you know, I, I milled it over with everybody and, you know, we decided our goals were to get out of debt as fast as possible. And I was still doing a lot of leather work and I couldn't hardly do leather work doing the lab thing because I was just working so dang much. And uh, we said, hey, if you go to frack, it would be two in one schedule. So I'd have a whole week off. I could still live in Williston and family housing and yeah. uh, I'd be right there. I wouldn't have to travel and it would almost double my salary. And I said, it'd be stupid not to. So, so I transferred to frack and they kind of fast tracked me through and I kind of just did a hitch in every position and then worked all the way up to the oh, QC. Right. Yeah. And uh, they sent me to get my CDL and then I just floated around just helping QCs and fluid systems. If we had troubles with fluid systems or new customers, that's kind of yeah. what I did. And then uh, I remember one day we had a couple people quit all at once and 
they said we need somebody in the data van and I knew computers and all that and they moved me right in and I guess that's when like all of us were all new at once. Kurt was <laughs> supervising and I was in the data van and they moved Brad to the crew cabin on the ground and, oh, and all three of us run blue crew out of out of Williston. We were a real tight family, there's no question. That crew is yeah. really tight. We still talked to him. I know. Some some of my best friends still, like they yeah. might not even know, but like Man, I mean, like, Brandon and Dan and them guys, like, I think about them all the time. Like, we were just so tight. Our whole crew was just Scott Cortance. Talk about Scott. Love Scott, man. Guy's great. You know? You're so funny. Yeah. But that started our, our hitch life. Um, yeah, oil field life. Oil field, hitch, hitch Lunch logs radio. Yep, every morning. Megan, Megan would get up every single morning with me at 3 a.m. Yeah. She'd make my lunch, and she'd have my... Lunch logs and radio sitting by the door. I had to have all three before yeah. I get up and leave. And sometimes I'd take you to work too. Yeah, sometimes every now and then for whatever reason you'd need a car or whatever you'd and take was, me. I mean, th and that was all really great until we decided. I don't even know. So you heard about Liberty? Well, so yeah, so I I was in frack and and actually really liked Sangel. I mean, the only only thing I really want to do is while I was in the lab. I really wanted to go to engineering because, you know, I was I was killing it on the cement thing. I knew the cement better than a lot of sales engineers yeah. did. And I really wanted to go be a sales engineer yeah. for cement. And uh, I had a degree. It wasn't in engineering, but it really didn't seem to matter. In the oil fields, only have a four-year degree. Most of them, as long as you're a degree in a scientific field, they'd bring you on as an engineer. And uh, the guy at the time was like, absolutely not, like, unless you have petroleum engineer degree that's all we hired that's all yeah. we do and i was like okay fine you know so i'm transferring to ops and yeah went to ops and that was great i i'm so glad i went to ops i got the lab experience got ops and and then uh we had a a new frack company move into town that just started stealing all of our work Dominating. i remember i remember like we used to have a, have a contract with Synergy, and uh, that was like our bread and butter. Kurtz and I were out there, like everything was good. And then all of a sudden, like this new company come in and took our job and yeah. switch up the design, doing all these slick waters and all this, like, you know, oh, destroying pumps. <laughs> and uh, I, I heard about this company, and everyone was talking about them because their schedule was two and two. So it was two weeks on, two weeks off. And I was like, whoa. That would be cool. And everybody yeah. just was talking about how awesome this company was. And it was like this new hot girlfriend moved into town. And it was like <laughs> everybody was just talking about them and how cool they were and how good they were. And they had the coolest schedule. and Coolest equipment. Coolest really equipment, cool. all this brand new equipment and everything. Yeah. And so. I talked him into a punch. Actually, yeah. So we've already addressed how loyal Bryce is. Right. To, to any position that he's had. And so... I, he kept talking about doing engineering and wanting to do this, and they had the position open, and I told him to apply for it, and I nagged him and nagged him, and I'm okay saying that now, but I was nagging him, and you finally applied. Well, at the time, it wasn't even an engineering position. Oh, it wasn't? It was just a, it was just an operations position. Operations? I was just going to go frack. Just and, do frack. You know, I was hoping I could get in as a QC fluid tech forum, like and that. we were just going to be two and two because that would get us – out of Williston because my parents were worked for San Angelo Fort Lupton. Yeah, so and uh, they were in Colorado, and um, you know at least we, we could be baby. two and two, and with the kids and everything, that was the whole point was to get yeah. closer to family. And so we, uh, yeah, Megan finally like 
basically got my resume together for me and was like, apply. Oh, I did. Yes, I did. I, I remember apply. that. Apply. Just apply. On our I little computer see. that uh, was dying if you unplugged it. And <laughs> we had to buy like a cooling thing for it because we didn't want to buy right. a new one. But yeah. you finally applied. And I remember Bryce came home and like he oh, applied. He went went to work and he came in and he said, I'm so tired. Like I really need to sleep. Uh, just like try not to bother me because apparently I talk a lot and I just like when you come home I'm so excited to see you. so I was like okay I'm not gonna bother him so he goes to bed and I hear this little ping on the computer and I knew we got an email and it was from Ben uh, uh, he's like the definitely like the third biggest like life most changer important, for us yeah the, the, most the important next biggest person. yeah um, it was an email and I was so excited and I'm like, do I wake him up? Do I tell him? And I, I couldn't not tell you. So right. <laughs> like, you probably just, just fell asleep. And I remember going in there and I was like, you got an email from him. He wants to interview you, like get up and come answer him back. And you did. And so, yeah, Bryce called him. I think you called him and he. Yeah, I called him on the phone. I remember like he was driving somewhere and then getting ready to go on a big trip. Surprise, surprise. Typical band, right? <laughs> no, but, uh. And uh, he's like, I'm going to be gone for a little while. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, find out what days you want to come down. We'll fly the whole family you down. Sound just like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you know, do an interview. We'll put you up downtown Denver and we'll, yeah. we'll do some talking, see what we find out, you know. And he did. He flew uh, me and Monty out yeah. there with Bryce and we met at this re- really cool restaurant and we just kind of talked and it just felt yeah. natural. And um, so then we left San Gel. And we decided to move to Colorado. Right, yeah, because so. the position was basically, you know, and that was the whole thing is I applied for operations, and luckily Tracy intercepted my yeah. resume and just seeing that I had FRACRO and SAN and Kim experience, stuff. and Ben was really looking for van-ready people at the time. And, yeah. you know, he's like, I, I know you're ops, but, you know, you come on as an engineer. And I was like, I'm uh, not yeah. an engineer, <laughs> But I, I will work as hard as I can for you if you bring me on as an engineer. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I was going so hard with the Dave Ramsey thing. I was, I was willing to do anything yeah. and everything in the world. I mean, I was working as hard as I could to prove myself. Yeah, and you get did. out of debt. You know, and and you know, so I told him I was like, I, I will work as hard as I can for you if you bring me on as an engineer. You know, you didn't. And so we moved to Colorado, and it was kind of. Because you had moved up in Liberty and we were making more money. Right. And then we moved to Colorado and we actually take a pay cut. It was a significant a pay significant cut. A significant pay cut. And we moved into ops an, at San yeah. was an amazing pay scale. Because yeah. you, we had this like little bitty salary, but then we just got huge bonuses for yeah. our daily revenue pump, basically. And it was... It was a really, really good scale. So being our goals, it, it seemed stupid. And we moved into this expensive new neighborhood. and Because we didn't have a lot of options there either. Because it was also a boom town. And it was growing. Well, yeah. And it was Denver Colorado. Was just, Denver was just, it was booming. It was, and it still is. So we moved into this house. and um, Nicest house any of us have ever lived seriously, in. Seriously, it was so nice. And then, and not because we were like spoiled or anything. It was the only thing that came up. Well, for rent. I mean, it was we didn't know what we were. You know, it was yeah. like we're moving to Colorado. I have no idea where to live. I know Denver's big, and again, horror stories of a big city and crime yeah. and all that. And I was like, so we just got a house. here's a nice looking community. It's five minutes from the yard. Please let us live there. <laughs> I don't know anything. You know, I was like, I would rather live right there, close. It's close to the airport. I know I'll be flying back and forth to yeah. Williston. 
it it met everything and and perfect. the rent was actually cheaper than Wilson but um you know and the other thing too like we were at the point right before we left Wilson so working for Sandel again we we left in October because I remember we moved into that house in Colorado Unhealthy. we moved my parents in in uh because we all moved to Colorado at the same time on Halloween. Halloween. People we thought were we were packing my parents on Halloween while little kids little were kids trick or treating. Treat. And we're like, sorry, we don't have any yep. candy, but carry a box. Seriously. <laughs> and, uh, um, where was I going with that? Yeah, I don't know. But we, we were, we moved in right at Halloween. And, uh, oh, that was right before we left. Williston, we were only like we were on my last student loan. Oh so, yeah. So we we started this little debt free journey. And we were a hundred thousand in debt, and we we had slowly chipped away at everything. And I only had like ten or fifteen thousand left like on that, that last yeah. student loan. We I mean we were so close, and like Megan talked me into taking this other job, and like it was a big a pay, pay cut. cut, and now we're not gonna have roommates. So like the net difference was even we less. Pay more, yeah. You know, so it was like. You know, I was like a big, it was like, oh, we've worked so hard. Like, I want to sprint to the end, not, not, not like yeah. slow down to finish across this race, you know, so. So we had a couple of weeks where like, I was feel like we had that tension again, that isolation where we didn't really talk to each other because right. I was like, what did I make him do? We're not making as much money. We're not reaching our it goals was, like we it was were. Almost, it was almost half. Yeah. And it got, it was like, crap, this was maybe a really, really stupid idea. And me as his wife was feeling really, really guilty about it because I I made you do this because right. I thought it was what you wanted and um Well we it I mean just off. family family <laughs> yeah. goals we wanted to get. Yeah. Again, we we'd been living up there and we just had Monty and you know, I mean it's just But know, it we wasn't shortly after that, um, you started working in the field and then they were like, Hey, who's this guy? And then you got a promotion, and slowly but surely you started working your way up. And then... Yeah, because we only had... When I first hired Aunt Liberty, we had we just started the second crew in North Dakota, and they just started the first crew in Colorado. Yeah. And so then it hired first... me on to the rumors of the third crew starting in Wilson. Yeah. And then it wasn't long after that that they started the second crew in Colorado. So within six months of me starting, then Ben asked if I wanted to just yeah. transfer to the... To Colorado to help help bring on that second fleet down there. So so then we were back up, and it worked out because Sandel actually filed bankruptcy, closed all their doors. Right. Two years and... after I left Sandel anyways, I, I remember I was on location in North Dakota, just back up for a visit, and uh, one of my friends from Sandel text messaged me. He's like, I heard Liberty's buying Sandel. And I was like, dude, rumors start every day in the oil field yeah i highly doubt that's true but uh if i hear anything i'll let you know and it was about 20 minutes later like yeah, all the right. emails from like hr come through that was like liberty has just acquired sandgel's so assets and... his new company bought his old company and oh, you anyways. can imagine my relief when i was like oh thank god we left like right. and i always think of that bible verse like she's far beyond rubies or more valuable than rubies right, and yeah. i mean i don't want to talk about myself like that but it is <laughs> No, Some days I feel sure. like that. <laughs> no, your intuition has always been spot on on what we yeah. should do and where we should go and all that. But. Yeah, and it, it's paid off because we finally paid off all of our debt. Yeah, finally paid everything off paid right everything after, off. you know, yeah. slowed it down a little bit. But I think it was it was while I was still in that six months in North Dakota. So we paused everything while we moved. And then yeah. I think it was that probably March in North Dakota that uh, 
I remember when I was sitting in the man camp yeah. in the Judson up there. <laughs> and I paid off the last one, and I was just like, it was so exciting, <sighs> so worth it. It was yeah. like the biggest weight lifted. And we off. didn't have any debt, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. nothing. Felt so good. So we finally celebrated with a cruise because we had. Yep. I'd never been on a vacation. Yep. We'd never been on vacation. We, we never did a honeymoon. honeymoon. And we decided yeah. to put everything off until we were out of debt. Well, it was so funny because you said, okay, now we're... So he was on Hitch, and that, which meant he was in North Dakota and I was in Colorado. And he on texted two me. And two, yeah. yeah, and he was like, okay, we're debt-free, you know, like, let's start saving for a cruise. I was like, yeah, okay. And I, it was like a couple hours later, you're like, I booked a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we finally got to go on this amazing honeymoon and we came back with a stowaway. Nine months later, Mac was born, which was great because I still had that tumor and we couldn't have kids. And my doctor was like, if this medicine doesn't work, we're going to have to go IVF route. And it was a cruise is cheaper than IVF. I mean, that just worked (laughs) for us. So we did that. And then, but that like moment in Logan changed everything because after we paid off debt, we were able to start. I mean, you have a business now. I have a business. Like, not just a little business, but we were able to cash flow a million-plus-dollar business. Right. That's in retail. Yeah. That was just one of the things we were able to do. You know? Um, well, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, we talked about that, like, after, you know, when when you did your business with Wings, you know, um, you know, the fact that we were 100% debt-free and we were able to cash flow all of that and we never borrowed a dime Yeah, we didn't. It's completely um, debt-free. You know, and we made, I think, solid decisions that maybe we wouldn't have made had we, you know, had we leveraged and used used cash or yeah. used, used debt, used you know. Debt. But, and we do things so different now. We really, we do not jump on decisions. We right. always sleep we on always them. We always sleep on them. We are very, very, uh, like, minimalist. Our houses, and it's yeah. a, we had a a couch that. What is with you and Craigslist? You got off Craigslist from a couple of stoners. Yeah, that was the best couch we've ever had. I moved that from we Grandview to Logan <laughs> to from Colorado Logan to North Carolina. That was the most yeah. comfortable couch in the world. Fifty dollars, and we're just we've never we've always moved up in things. We've never lived. Well, uh, yeah, and like outsider I mean, means. We got married. 2010 and we didn't buy our first tv oh gosh yeah until a couple years ago 512 13 no it would have been uh when mac was born 315 in 15 yeah our first tv i had dr moreau when i was in college gave me an old bubble gray tv (laughs) that's what we watched uh, we no, watched we TV watch t- on that and then when we moved to henderson we did we i was i wasn't gonna buy cable yeah and so we couldn't even use the TV, so it sat out in the garage, and then we just set the laptop up on the on the oh, coffee table. table, and it had to have, like, I mean, you couldn't unplug it. It had to sit on a cooling pad. Yeah. The Wi-Fi card had gone out of it, so I had to get, like, a USB external Wi-Fi card. I mean, you know, yeah. Monty watched Frozen on that. Frozen and Frasier. Frasier yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, we, we yeah. sacrifice. I mean, that's one thing, like, you know, a lot of couples, you know, they talk about, you know what they're spending or whatever you know it's like there's sacrifice and it's like uh, you want to talk about sacrifice yeah move, move to wilson north dakota and get two roommates off craigslist live in trailer house for three years yeah. and have and, and and have your kid there 
and All never buy things. a flat screen and don't go on any vacations and yeah. don't buy new cars and and, and the reason that we that, wanted that sacrifice that is sacrifice and the reason that we wanted to share that is because we're in a very very different place right now than we were 10 years ago right and but it's only because of of those things know, I mean, that, that, that's what i say that's kind of my most common thing even when i'm teaching class or whatever like yeah you know i always tell everybody i say you are where you are right now is a result of a series of decisions that you have made that put you where you are right now yeah if you don't like where you are change yeah Make different decisions. You don't like where you're at financially? Make different decisions. You don't like where you're at relationally, spiritually, whatever? Yeah. Change. Make different decisions. Where you are right now is because of the decisions you have made that put you where you are right now. But I think a lot of people, and that's why we wanted to share our story in depth, because we've never done this before, maybe to a handful of people that we've taught um, FPU to. But we talked about this that. It's embarrassing to do the things that we had to do. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't want to, like, first of all, you know, I mean, we definitely live in a society where it's on Facebook and everything's like the glory and the perfect and everything. I I, I do not want, I wanted to name this podcast (laughs) Our Flippin' Mess because it is more of a mess than anything else. And that's just, you know, I don't want people to think that our life is like all perfect and And rosy. And it's not, yeah. I mean, I would say we are in an awesome place right now. I mean, right now where we are, Right now is amazing. I mean, it truly is. But I mean, it took I've got an awesome schedule. I work two and two again. We live in Wyoming. We've got this beautiful house. We're sitting at a pool table in the basement. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love billiards. I love having this pool table and where we are. And we got horses and you have four your, wheelers. Your and, dream truck. Yeah. It, I, I got old, old 92 first gen Cummins. <laughs> getting ready to buy a semi truck. Well, dump yeah. truck. But dump old truck Mac. Semi truck. I mean, it just. That all of that is is a result of extreme deep sacrifice, yeah. and we were not bashful about sacrificing. I mean, we embraced yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, we somebody, had nothing else to do. Right, like, we didn't I have mean, an option. And I did not care what people think because yeah, no, <laughs> I was so scared that moment. That six months of Logan scared me so much that I never like I did not matter I had zero interest in driving a brand new pickup or anything that related to debt or payments or vacations or anything because that moment scared me so much I was never going to go anywhere near that again and all that stuff at that time when I wasn't ready for it just meant hurt yeah heartache you know, yeah. and I was like, I will wait until the time is right. I don't care. You can drive your fancy truck. I've got a beat to shit <laughs> Mazda pickup that runs. Oh, I awesome. forgot about that. I love my little Mazda pickup. pickup. But you know what's amazing? Um, so we did the budget and we discussed like every money decision that we did. And it just, we avoided, because that's the crazy thing. When people, we don't fight. I think we've had right. like one, maybe two fights where we've maybe raised our voices. Right. But because that moment, that first disagreement that we had, it kind of set up how we handled every disagreement. And a lot of those revolved around finances. And even sometimes it's still scary if we're going to make a big decision right. or I'm worried about something um, like, you know, a bill that comes up and it's just like I still have that, that fear and anxiety, but we handle it completely different 
We don't yell at each other. Right. We discuss it rationally. We sacrifice. Well, and if we don't come to an agreement, we, we don't just, buy it. Well, and or or even if it's something, we just cool off, think about it for twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's sure. a lot of times it's like you can tell that we're not on the same page. Whatever. I don't know why. I don't. You know. And a lot of times it's like you know what. I need 24 hours to think on this. I, I, I yeah. can't make a decision right now. I, I've got to process all of this. Yeah. G- give me give me a day. Yeah. Like, I, I just got to go think for a while. But I think I really believe that how we handled our money in that very first like six months doing the budget and stuff like that set us up because we do not have disagreements about money. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is like whether people like it or not, I mean, money controls every single aspect of yeah. living life it as, does. as an American you, you or, can't or get whatever. Away from it, it doesn't yeah. matter because, you know, if you don't agree on money, then you don't agree on, you know, how you're going to live your life and what you're going to do for vacations and if you're going to buy new clothes or how you're going to spend your time or what you're going to do with your kids or you're going to yeah. do private school or public school or, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, money honestly controls every other aspect of your life. So, if you're not in agreement on that, then you're not going to be in agreement on other things that's going to cause friction on everything else. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, for us, I mean, one of our biggest success factors in our marriage is the fact that we got the money thing under control and we were on the same page because, I mean, it was us versus money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we bonded so much because we were fighting the same enemy. It exactly. was like, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, so we were on the same team. We had no option. We were in the corner and it was, yeah. we had to blaze out of this together. So, I mean, the fact that, we had no option but to be on the same team. It was either be on the same team or not be on the same team at all. Yeah. And you know. So, I mean, we come together and, and both just was like, hey, we, we got to figure this out. We're going to sacrifice extremely deep and I promise we'll never be here again. Yeah. It'll only get better from here on out. And we've, you know, we've never gone back. You know, I mean, I guess, yeah. you know. It's not to say we haven't done some stupid things and realized oh, yeah. that, oh, no, there's <laughs> a perfect. reason we went down this road, you know. We've made some dumb um, decisions. But it goes back to our gut thing. Like, if we don't agree on it, I learned that we have got to say something. Right. And, and like, if you don't agree with something I want to buy or spend money on, you know, vice versa, we don't do it. And we just trust that there's a reason right. that we're not on board with well, it. Well, that was like, I mean, even halfway through, we realized that, you know, if it seems like we're really fighting for to make something work, then it's it's probably just Not just, just don't do it. Yeah, doesn't matter. You know, you yeah. you'll go broke buying good deals. You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, you, you think that like oh we'll never find another deal like this on this house or in this area or you know whatever. Yeah. And it's like you know what if if you're fighting it to try and make it happen. Just let it go. Just Guess let it what? Go. Yeah. There's maybe a reason because when the next deal comes along, you'll look back and be like, "Oh, I'm so glad that first deal fell through because if we had actually done that, we wouldn't have done this, and this yeah. ended up being such a better deal." So, anymore, like when it comes to things like that, like right now, I mean, we're getting ready to, you know, I've got I've got some time off. My parents are getting ready to completely develop their property and build a yeah. house and everything. And my dad's got a backhoe. We used to do a bunch of construction work, and I love trucks. I, I've always wanted to have my own truck, and I'm getting ready to buy a dump truck. And I've got the perfect truck found right now. I mean, it is the perfect truck. And I knew that two weeks ago, well, more than two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And I've got to wait until the time's right to pull the trigger on all this. And it's just taking way longer than I wanted, but I'm not pushing. I could probably go swing some crazy things and get irrational, and I could 
go buy it tomorrow. But I've got to wait for a few things to clear and some of that. And, you know, I don't know. I, I've got to wait probably two more weeks. And if it's there in two weeks, then it's meant to be. If not, I'm gonna, I'll go find another one. There's a truck on every corner. And until you know, then, Megan so. is not shopping at Target. Just FYI. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I'm glad that we shared that story. Yeah. I don't think don't that know. we've ever done that in a public setting. But I hope that somebody takes some inspiration from it. And if anybody has any questions, we are always willing to talk about uh, finances and you know what we do. I guess the one thing we didn't men mention is to this day, even from the very beginning when we started Dave Ramsey, three things we've always done. Save, spend, and give. Yep. And um, budget date night. That That's yep. like the... Always budget the date night. Always. No matter what. You need time time alone. Put the phone away. Don't take the phone with you. Just, just go talk and dream. I mean, that's one yeah. thing. Oh, you know, we're such I dreamers. I actually didn't even think about that until maybe just now. Our date nights are when we just... I don't know why because maybe there's no other distractions. We try and leave our phones and stuff like that. But yeah. we, I would say all of our ideas probably originated on the drive to a date night. And then we yeah. talk about it all night long. Oh, yeah. We're the biggest it dreamers. It comes to fruition two months later, whatever, yeah. you know. But, you know. But and because we're, we have saved and we've invested and we right. paid off debt, we can fund those we're dreams now. Exactly. We're in a position that's just becoming the reality bigger there. and bigger. And we're able to, to give more than we've oh, ever yeah. given before. I mean, you know, before when we first started out, a give was like $20 here and there or whatever. But, I mean, I, I love some of the things we're doing recently. Yeah. And, like, I mean, they're they're life-changing gives now. You it's know, amazing. I mean, it's something oh. that, like, you know, the, you know, I mean, it's just it's so cool to be in a position to be able to help someone that much. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it's so worth it to me. Yeah, like all the sacrifice and everything we did, like to be able to give to some of the things that we've been able to recently is is yeah. worth more than what we have now. Oh yeah, and some of the things we're planning on doing. Like, oh, got some cool things coming up. I cannot wait. And we'll to go do. work a hundred more hours just right. to be able to do that. Right. And that's not to to brag. We just wanted to really share this story because, like we said, I think sometimes people are shamed and embarrassed to do the things they need to do to get to where they need to be. Right. And I want people to know that where we are now is because we did those things. Right. And we don't regret them, and it set us up for for everything so and uh i mean i, I told megan it was like the coolest thing about this i, I was i'm pretty hesitant about doing this whole podcast thing <laughs> i'm kind of against it but i got this you know. legally binding contract right. around my finger called a wedding ring exactly he said yes and he's yeah. buying a dump truck right. <laughs> just kidding yeah exactly <laughs> so um doing a podcast now who knew um but i i love honestly helping people it's my it's probably my biggest skill and thing i love and even what i do at work is just helping people so yeah. if anybody has questions uh you're in a goofy scenario or whatever like what would you guys do given what we've yes. been through and everything i would love to like yes. coach somebody through what we would do you know i mean it might not be what you'll do and it might not fit your position but i'd love to like I love just showing people the different options that are possible because a lot of times like when you're buried in the middle of it you don't think there are options but Outside when, you, when you've kind of gone to the extreme to kind of look at different ways out, it turns out there are a lot of options out there. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how, how how deep or how bad or how dark it is. 
there are always options for sure. Yeah. You know, so. So that'll probably be a future episode. We'll put that in the comments that they can leave those questions of right. what would, what would Bryce do? Yeah. We'll make it a Bryce bracelet. WWBD. <laughs> Not just me. Oh, yeah. I'm part of this too. I got to push play. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. And you can click subscribe on any platform that you guys listen to podcasts. And we hope that you join us on the next one. Hopefully. Hopefully somebody listens so that there is a next one. <laughs> what? You know what? You're done. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>